You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to talk about periodization for your programming, and we're going to do it kind of in light of the information that we've been focusing on over the last several weeks as we've done a series on hypertrophy training. So we've got this wonderful NASM OPT model that goes through periodization. And so we're just going to discuss maybe a little bit about the research behind periodization and how much and whether or not that's actually helpful to hypertrophy, I guess. That's our that's our main focus. And, and there are some things about periodization that we found to be really helpful in multiple capacities. Uh, and periodization versus non-periodized kind of random training has been helpful, but sometimes just regular old exercise without programming has been helpful. But for whom? Let's talk about it. What is periodization? I guess that's the first thing we need to get into. And so according to Plisk and Stone in 2003, they said periodization can be defined as a planned manipulation of training variables to optimize performance, manage fatigue, and prevent stagnation throughout a period of time. So I think in sports, this is really common because sports tend to be seasonal. And when that happens, a lot of sports will have a preseason where they're getting ready and they're starting to really develop their conditioning for performance. And then they have in-season, which may not be as intense because in-season you're actually playing games And so your training doesn't need to be intense, but it does need to continue. And then you maybe, hopefully, let's hope that we get into the postseason. And you get into postseason, and I'm telling you, like training turns into mostly just a bunch of recovery and stability exercises with some really generally lighter workouts. And then the offseason, you take a break for a little bit, and then you go hard in the paint. And you start building back on the the muscle, you start lifting, start building for strength, depending on, of course, whatever season, whatever sport that you are are working towards. Now for the recreational workouter, workouter, yep, let's stay with it. Uh, How is it that you are systematically implementing their training program? And we're going to do that through progressive overload. We're going to load them over. We're going to deload them. We're going to create variation. So periodization is designed for a long-term workout program. Periodization is really designed to put some time into it. Because if you're just going to work out for a month or two, then that's not really, like you're not building a base anywhere. You're not manipulating variables that end up really being cyclical. And that's what any training program is, which we'll talk about more in just a moment. So the idea that the body uh, is going to plateau over time is where periodization came into being and that variations in your training protocols and in your training model, that's going to increase the ability to stimulate the muscle and the nervous system in different ways to elicit a greater change. And that's what we're going for. So there are a couple of different types of periodization. These are the most common. There's something called linear periodization. So Stone and Wathen uh, in 2001 point out that linear periodization is in fact not linear. 
all periodization models are cyclical in nature, but linear starts, this is how generally we look at linear periodization, and this is where the NASM OPT model fits in, starts with high training volumes and low intensities. So we're doing a lot of reps where our sets are a little bit higher, but the weights that we're using, the intensity that we're using is lower, but you progress and you end up doing lower, lower overall volume, but you're starting to now increase to higher intensities, higher load. Then there, so that's linear periodization. Then there is reverse linear periodization. And reverse linear periodization in Helms et al. 2015, he identifies this as starting at higher intensities and lower volumes and then moving towards a higher training volumes and lower intensity. That's a reverse linear periodization. In fact, you can linear periodize up the OPT model and then you can reverse linear periodize and bring it back down. It's like almost a drop set in a workout, but it's a drop program. It's a drop uh, it's a linear periodization into a reverse linear periodization. <clears throat> and then there's something which probably has more research behind it than any other type, and they probably continue to research it because the outcomes seem to be quite good, which is undulating periodization, or it's also known as nonlinear periodization. And that's where the load and the intensity change more often than the above. So what you're going to see is that you're going to switch it up on uh, from day to day, you might switch it up from week to week, you might switch it up bi-weekly, uh, but that's not like a monthly switch up. It is like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you might do something different every week. So Monday might be stabilization endurance, Wednesday might be hypertrophy, Thursday, I mean, Friday might be max strength. So you have a different training protocol in each one. And according to Williams et al. 2017, undulating periodization was superior to developing strength <clears throat> when it was compared to linear periodization, though the purpose of that meta-analysis that they did <clears throat> was not to compare those two. <clears throat> Excuse me just a moment. I'm going to take a sip. We also have <clears throat> Evans et al. 2019 talked about periodized resistance training for enhancing skeletal muscle hypertrophy and strength. And this is a really interesting miniature review that this person went through. And what he did, or she, I'm not sure if Evans, male or female, studies that compare periodization versus non-periodization, and they do see some differences. But several studies didn't equate volume. And if you're not equating volume, we don't know, was it the volume or was it the training variables that led to superior outcomes. Well, <clears throat> Evans in this review indicated that the body of evidence suggests benefits of periodized program over non-periodized program, especially in trained individuals. So if you're trained, you've already been working out for a while, then a periodized program is gonna be more beneficial for you. However, if you are new to training, a periodized program, you're not going to see necessarily greater hypertrophic results or fewer hypertrophic results. Why? Because you're so new to training that your body's just going to start adapting to whatever you throw at it. So to create a, uh, a periodized program doesn't matter when your body is already seeing everything you throw at it as new, as a stimulus to adapt to. But if you're a trained individual, you start to get used to things pretty quick. And so your body needs to uh, to switch and turn off that plateau and, and feed it a different 
stimulus. So it creates a different permutation every time you're being presented with an exercise program. So I'll also say that most of these studies are focused on strength development and not hypertrophy development. So again, it's not quite fitting into what our goal is when it comes to hypertrophy. But Mosgard Be uh, Beck Christensen at all 2022, <clears throat> they did a meta-analysis and a systematic review. And they point out that periodization is still superior in one rep max if you're going for strength outcomes. <clears throat> and then you've got these greater outcomes with trained versus untrained individuals. But they didn't see a big difference when it came to hypertrophy in the untrained individuals. And I think that's what we're talking about here, that if you're new to training, then the periodization isn't as, um, for hypertrophy's sake, isn't as needed because you're going to be get used to everything. Well, what does that mean for us in the OP OPT model? Well, I think it's important to point out that we still believe that it is important for you to start to develop your stabilization and endurance because you are starting to build more than the um, the muscles. We, we need to help to strengthen some of the other soft tissue, the ligaments and the tendons. Uh, we don't want to put too much pressure, too much tension on them with going into heavy lifts early on, but we also need to build the stability. So if I'm lifting heavy weights and I don't have the stability, what's that going to be like for my intervertebral disc? What's that going to be like for my knees? If I'm lifting heavy weights, but I keep going into a valgus position, what's that going to mean for my shoulders if I haven't practiced stabilization and I need to help stabilize my shoulder and my shoulder girdle while lifting heavier things? Now, I think, yes, some of that will come along with it, but we want to build and create a system that we can follow that takes people where they want to go in a systematic fashion. And we like the idea of doing it linearly through the model as far as you're going to take it. So you might stop at hypertrophy training. You might stop at max strength training. You might go all the way through to power training. But then you can go back and then you can start doing this undulating periodization because you've gone linearly through it and you've built a base and you've added onto your base. Now you can start doing some of the undulating periodization. You can start playing with which day you want to do what type of exercise or which week you want to do different types of exercises with your clients. And you can progress them from there. So I think it's valuable, especially for people who have been training for a while. So some of you personal trainers are going, man, this is really important. I can see why it's still important for new people. But for hypertrophy, if I've been lifting for a while as a fitness professional, and I'm just kind of going in and saying, oh, I guess it's time to do my regular old lifts. So you're programming your client's workouts, but you're not actually adding a program to yours or following a program with your workout. Then you're not working through those plateaus. And the periodization is really ideal for people who are already experienced lifters. They're already trained. So this is not just about your clients in this case. This is about you and whether or not you are getting the best outcomes from the workout that you're putting together for yourself. And I know it's tough to do something new. It's very easy to keep doing what you've always been doing, but those results may not come as fast as you want them to. When you start adding in that periodization, you're going to see greater outcomes in your trained individuals. And I also think Let's leave the periodization in there, even for the new people, so we have a task for them to work towards. We have distinct changes in their programs. I can tell them, 
we're going to start you off at this level. And after about a month, I'm going to move you to the next level. And then they get excited because they have something to aim towards. And I keep giving them something to aim towards. And then we can shift into some undulations. Anyway, I hope you found this helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Share with your fitness friends and family. You want to reach out to me. You've got questions about something or a topic you want me to discuss. Reach out. You can do that via Instagram at dr.rickritchie. Or you can hit me up at rick.richie, R-I-C-H-E-Y, at nasm.org. Keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks again for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.